0: Funny you mentioned children's church and the kids being in here today. Got a little joke. There was kids in the church and they were mucking around and being all noisy and stuff. And mum and dad are like, shush, 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 be quiet. After about the fourth or fifth, shush, little girl stiffens her pouts her lip and she's like, Daddy, why do we have to be quiet in church? And the little boy pipes up and goes, because there's people sleeping. LAUGHTER so, I'm watching. You. <laughs> All right, we're doing the character of God. The character of God. Um, if you try and describe who God is, it could be difficult or overwhelming. But when people of the Bible times used to think about God, they would often explain it this way. Get my clicker. Woo! Off to a good start. Halfway through, it says, God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So today we're going to look at the quality of grace. But first, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together and stir and encourage one another in faith. Use me, God, as your mouthpiece to share to your people and for their hearts to be opened and for us to gain a greater understanding of who you are and who we're called to be. And thank you that Port Power bet the saints on the weekend. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Alright, there are 131 uses of grace in the Bible. In the English Standard Version translation, 124 are in the New Testament, and 86 of these are written by the Apostle Paul. So two-thirds of what grace is written about was written about by one man, and that's why we call Paul... The apostle of grace so there's two kinds of grace that i'd like to highlight today and that is a grace that saves us and a grace that sustains us growing up i've always learnt and known grace as undeserved favor for example uh, if you take um this is the example i got taught about grace and it was um If you're driving along in a car and you're speeding and you get pulled over and the cop comes and catches you um, he can give you a fine for speeding and that is called justice so you get what you're given and you get justice for that if he pulls you over for speeding and lets you go with a warning that is called mercy if he pulls you over And he lets you go, and you get a free car. (laughs) That is called grace. (laughs) That is receiving something that you do not deserve for something that you've done wrong. Grace is what inclines God to give gifts that are free and undeserved by sinners. i got some verses. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. But the free gift of grace, grace is not like the trespasses. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus, abounded for many. So too that the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace, But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So, a long time ago, once upon a time, I didn't have any tattoos. (laughs) Believe it or not. I was a baby. I was a clean skin. (laughs) And... When I was about 20, I was like, that's it, I want to get tattoos. <laughs> obviously, I have an addictive personality, and I've got quite a few now. But the very first tattoo I got uh, actually is across my back. It's really big. And I got Grace tattooed across my back. Um, no, I'm not showing you. <laughs> See me later. <laughs> On my back. I'll slip it off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this tattoo, grace and then um I was a prodigal son if you've heard my testimony I um, I grew up in church and then I walked away from God and I um met a girl at a church camp and we had a baby together and we didn't stay together um and she moved into state and I didn't get to see uh my daughter grow up but um Over that time, I felt hurt and betrayed by people and by church. I felt like I didn't get support. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, And, yeah, it was a real hard time for me. So I threw myself into my music and playing in bands and the music scene and and tried to uh, suppress my pain with, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that stuff, all those worldly things. Um, And I felt guilty and shameful and I felt like I deserved it you know um, because I didn't stay with her mother and and stuff like that and I really beat myself up for a long long time and um, it wasn't until I got to the end of my rope that um, that I come back to God after being away on a tour and I was playing in a band our band just released a CD and we just done a tour up the east coast of Australia and starting to get played on triple j radio and all this stuff and people are like yeah you're doing really well your band's gonna take off and you know but I was just so unhappy and depressed and um, none of that fulfilled me um, so I decided to uh, I wanted to kill myself and um, I ended up in in uh, this girl's room and I just said like god I've tried in my strength to live a life and to to do things my way and I can't do it. Why don't, like, I want to kill myself. I want to take my life. So why don't I just give you the one thing that I don't want? And I gave, not just, I didn't give him my heart. I gave him my life, you know. I said, just take it all. Like, I don't care if I get married. I don't care if, you know, I'll go to heaven. I don't care. But from here on out until the end, I'll just live for you. And I'll lay it all down for you. And in that moment, like, Holy Spirit come and completely wrecked me. And I bawled my eyes out. And um, and this November, coming up, it will be ten years since that day. Thank you. (laughs) And I tell you what, since then, things have been crazy. (laughs) Like... For a long time I didn't come back to church so for five years or so I just spent time in my room um, with God and uh, took a long time to break old habits and and for things to come off of me and stuff but um, I really learnt to seek him in the quiet place and build a relationship with God in that moment and um, it says in the Bible, if you seek him in the quiet place he'll reward you in the open. And then five years ago I started coming to the Port Church The best church in Largs North. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I started coming to church and and exercise forgiveness and, you know, God changed my heart from hating him and hating church to coming to church and playing in the band and now... (laughs) And destroying the place. (laughs) Playing in the band and, like, yeah... Playing in the band and now even just standing up here is God's grace in my life, you know. Like, like I said, November will be 10 years. And now, October this year, Tanya and I are going to have a baby. Like, don't need to clap that. I didn't do anything. <laughs> don't clap that. But God is good. Amen. So, yeah, I was not the person that I was. You know, the things I'd done that I needed to ask forgiveness for that I never want to talk about, and he forgave me, all that stuff. Um, The freedom that God's given me from from who I was to who I am now is just, you know, like it says, those who have been forgiven much love much, and that's why I'm just so passionate about God and the gospel and even the people in church now, (laughs) like... You know, and the lost like God's un, like God's grace has, has been in my life ever since I got that tattoo. You know, all through those dark days, His grace was with me that whole time, and I knew I got this first tattoo on my back. Grace, and yeah, He really was there for me throughout whole time, and that's what that tattoo means to me. You know. Grace is the quality in God that produces free gifts for guilty sinners in salvation. You can't work to earn grace. It is free and undeserved. So this is what, you know, I learned growing up, and this is what most of us have in mind when we think of grace. And it's true, and it's awesome, and without grace, we're not saved. You know, it's a quality and character in God and the nature of God and the heart of God that, that saves us. But there are other passages in the Bible where Paul talks about grace and looks at it a little differently. Let's have a look. These are all from what Paul's written. Corinthians, Corinthians, Corinthians. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not given in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. So this seems to picture grace as a power or an influence. Grace is not only a quality in the character of God, but it is a force or an influence that works in us to change us or empower us. And our capacity for works and for suffering... And for obedience Grace is empowerment And sometimes we seem to get that grace And the other grace mixed up You know Grace is not a permission slip to say Well, I blew up on my spouse this morning Thank God for grace You know Like, man, that person at work really pushed my buttons You know, but they deserved it But thank God for grace Or like I blew up at my social basketball team for them not passing the ball to me. <laughs> Don't know what I'm talking about, Benito. <laughs> but thank God for grace. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> so grace isn't the other grace, the the, the forgiving grace This grace keeps you from blowing up at people Keeps you from blowing up at your spouse grace, that, This grace removes those buttons out of your life You know So it's not trying to just love people or love better it, This grace makes you become love It's not just trying to forgive people It's you becoming forgiveness You know Grace is God's willingness to use his power on your behalf to empower you to be something you can never be on your own. So like I said, I spent five years in my bedroom talking to God and praying to God and when I realised about this other grace, I started to implement it in my life and... I've got a couple of verses, lots of verses, all the Bible. (laughs) Romans 5, halfway through here, it says, Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. So what does it mean to receive an abundance of grace? And what does that look like? Also in Ephesians it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. So grace through faith, what does that look like? Like I said i have been in my bedroom for five years before I even come back to church And I spent a lot of time in there Shouting and talking like just to be the air, like thin air, you know Um, And in that time when I learnt this and was reading the Bible and reading what the Bible said about me I was making faith my reality You've got to make faith become your reality our hearts must be established in faith. We must be the, it says we must be the stewards of our hearts and work out our fear, our salvation with fear and trembling. So we don't try to believe God's love for us. We know God's love for us. You know, a lot of us try to chase a feeling and get sensual about it. But there's that little song that goes, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells you so. No, it wasn't a feeling that you get at church or a tingle when you're lying in bed. You know, it's not that. The Bible says that he loves us. So why do we believe that? We're called to be believers, right? What do we believe? God loves me. This is what he says about me. So I used to stay in my bedroom for hours, for years in my bedroom when I understood this, then I could pray in a whole completely different way. And I'd get on my knees and I'd be like, God, I thank you that you've saved me from sin and death. I thank you that I am no longer a slave to sin or myself, but, you know, I'm alive in you, Jesus. I'm not a man with problems. I'm a man with an answer. And you say that, that, that I'm called to be holy and blameless. Above reproach. Nobody owes me anything because everything I get, I can get from you, God. You know, I'm dead to sin. I'm alive in you. And your grace is upon my life because that's what the book says. And I prayed like that for a long time. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to kill yourself and resurrect Christ in your life. You know, it says put off the old and put on the new. You know, so what I'm doing in my bedroom is I'm releasing my desire to God. Right? Cuz we can't make ourselves like God, but we can really want like be like God. And follow Jesus what it means to follow Jesus. So if I'm releasing my desire and I'm sincere cuz it says the pure in heart shall see. So if I'm sincere about my desire, I'm like God I used to be like this, but you know, I used to be this horrible person that done all these horrible things, but I've read my Bible and this is who you say I am. So if I release my desire in the room and I say, I'm this and this and this and this, but God, you've called me to be this and this and this. And I'm in my quiet place and I take that and and I release that desire and I know that I'm I know I'm equipped and I know I'm qualified and you know that God's moulding you and shaping you in in those moments. We're going to bump into plenty of adversities, we're going to bump into oppositions and we're going to face trials in life but if you know who you are, if you know your identity in Christ and who he's called you to be, that truth within you. What that becomes and what that looks like is going to respond to those adversities when you face them. So it's not bump into a problem and then go turn to God and try and see if He can fix it up for you or try and apply the sermon that you heard on Sunday and try and make that part of fixing the situation. No, you go to God and you turn to Him in faith, and you, that faith and grace connects and meets. And when you face that problem, grace is going to come through your life. And God and the gospel is going to come out and defend you in those moments. So it changes your mind. It changes your motives because you've been alone with God and you've communion with him. And in that intimacy, just like husband and wife, two have become one and the word has become flesh. So anytime you release faith, grace comes. No faith, no grace. But it is available. So if I'm releasing faith in the room, guess what has to be there? Grace. So guess what's doing the work inside of me? Grace. Grace. I may not see it, I may not feel it, I may not know it, but I may may just be talking to the air. But the Bible says that I'm saved by grace through faith. So if I'm in faith, guess what has to be working? Grace. Make faith your reality. You know? Please, don't get caught up in your feelings or your emotions. Jesus said, if you follow me, you must first deny yourself. And the Bible also says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Don't let your feelings or your emotions control you. Because if you live sensual, you'll pull your plug on faith and grace won't be there for you. You'll get caught up in people pressing your buttons. You'll get caught up in getting frustrated at your spouse. That's not what we're called to live. We're called to look like Jesus, yeah, and He didn't look like that. Every time you apply faith to truth about what He paid for in your life, grace comes to meet that faith and makes that truth a reality without you trying to bite your lip or trying to be someone. So, where do we see the best examples? Of how to live that. Old mate Jesus. <laughs> Jesus embodied grace. He didn't just have the undeserved favor, but in other ways, he also displayed this other grace, empowerment grace to people. Um, for example, I've shared this with a few people and Ben and stuff, and um, it's amazing to me that um, when Jesus died, and was buried in the tomb Mary come along to go and see him and put the oils on him and stuff and and greet him and he wasn't there she was in the garden freaking out and she sees the garden and she's like they've taken him he's kidnapped him stolen Jesus and he, Jesus meets her there and she cries out she's like Rabboni like all excited and he's like nope don't touch me I've yet to go ascend to the Father and do my thing and then This is what it says in the Bible, in John 20, it says, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go tell my two-faced, lying, yellow-bellied, scared disciples. (laughs) Is that what it says? (laughs) No. But that's what he could have said, isn't it? And Do you know why that's funny? That's because that's the way we would react. You know? And that's why it sounds funny coming out of Jesus' mouth. And if we're called to be like Jesus, why should that come out of our mouth? You know? <laughs> Thank you. I'll show you that tattoo later. <laughs> So not only did Jesus treat people mercifully and forgive them and tell them to go and sin no more, but he also showed us how grace works through our life. And that is just one example of many I'm sure you can find. So I'm just going to sum it up here with a couple of verses. John 1. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. There's a quote from John Piper that I really think sums up grace perfectly. And he says it is incredibly encouraging that God's grace is both the character of his divine heart to treat us better than what we deserve and is the extension of that character in practical help. Also, just think of uh, Matthew 12 where Jesus talks about the tree and the fruit. And he says, um, if the tree is bad, the fruit is bad. If the tree is good, the the fruit is good. So um, it's not about making your fruit good. It's about making the tree good. And the fruit will flow from that. So in finishing, i just got to finish this verse that I hope reminds us of the two kinds of grace that God has for us. Let us then with confidence in our quiet place draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen.